Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Thursday, October 26th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down the Thursday NHL card. 11 games on tap uh, in NHL action tonight. And of course, as always, sides, totals, player props. We will have everything uh, under the sun uh, covered for you with those 11 games taking place tonight. Uh, good to have Alex back. He gave, we gave him a well-deserved day off yesterday. Needed it after the uh, betcast. Uh, a few <laughs> of those uh, hoots he took on uh, Tuesday night were pretty potent, pretty powerful. So yeah. <laughs> uh, to get that day off on a card where he didn't really have much interest in that Devils-Capitals game last night. So good to have Alex back with us. Before we get into a brief recap on last night, some hockey news and today's card. Alex, we have some exciting news here about a new sponsor for the Ice Guys show, and they will be sponsoring our Friday show each and every Friday moving forward, starting tomorrow. I'll fill everyone in. Yeah, so of course you guys know we have Jimmy Murphy on, who's part of uh, Boston Hockey. Now we have him on on Fridays. Well, now we have a sponsor to go with it, and it's right in his own backyard. The Boston Hemp Company will now be sponsoring Fridays, so we're now calling our show Beantown Fridays uh, on Fridays. Powered by Boston Hemp Incorporated, and of course Jimmy will be on as well. So uh, we're gonna have some cool new new things and features. We'll have a new banner up on the the Friday shows as well, and uh, you can check all this stuff out at Boston Hemp Inc. That's I N C Boston Hemp I N C dot com. They've got a lot of uh, cool, great products and stuff. So we are very happy to welcome Boston Hemp Inc. to uh, the Ice Guys family as a sponsor. Absolutely, and our first uh, Friday edition of the Ice Guys, sponsored by Boston Hemp Inc. Uh, will be coming your way tomorrow and with along with of course jimmy murphy who joins us uh every friday here on the uh, show uh before we get into uh, tonight's card briefly look back on last night and let's give washington some credit uh the washington capitals um that was a crazy game where they got off to this three nothing start it was an absolutely atrocious first period for the new jersey devils you know while washington you give them credit for having that strong start played with that sense of urgency definitely played with a level of desperation Last night, a team that's obviously had a really bad start to the season. But then in the second period, New Jersey clearly wakes up from their first period slumber, and they put four straight goals in past the young goaltender, Hunter Shepard, uh, for the uh, Washington Capitals. And it was uh, 4-3 Jersey, and it looked like, uh-oh, things are just uh, unraveling here for the Washington Capitals. But, and this is why I think you've got to be patient with Washington and especially be patient with their new head coach, Spencer Carberry. Now, I don't know what he said in the second intermission, but whatever was said, whatever directive that the coach gave his players after it looked like that game had gotten away from them all over again in the second period, they responded to it. And in the third period, it was probably one of the best periods Washington has played uh, all season long. They erased the 4-3 deficit, and they end up coming back to win, putting it away in the empty netter with an Alex Ovechkin goal, his second uh, in, second game in a row scoring a goal and Washington with the six to four victory over the New Jersey Devils. And uh, at least for one night, a little relief, relieving of the pressure, if you will, uh, and yeah. the strain on what's been a rough start for the Capitals. And they deserve credit. I mean, they answered the bell. They answered the bell twice. They had a great start. They blew the lead. And then, then to come back again uh, and win that game in the third period and have a really good final frame 
Uh, that's a credit to them and a credit to the coach because whatever Spencer Carberry said in the second intermission to get his team back on the rails again after a really rough second period where that lead had completely vanquished, uh, definitely it was a good job by him as well. Alex, uh, Washington off the schneid last night, very impressive. Yeah, it was. And like I said, you know, a great first period. And, you know, they need to have those kind of starts if they're going to win games. Now, obviously, we'll talk about the other 40 minutes, but they need to have hot starts if they're going to win any games. And the reason why is the second period. You know, this is just a bad team. And with, you know, the talent they do have, but they just can't sustain any kind of leads. They're probably going to do this a lot throughout the year. Uh, so something to keep a note on. It was a, a really good live betting game. I did grab a couple of those New Jersey to score next goals pretty quickly, but they were, I mean, they were, it was just a rapid pace in which they were firing off one. I couldn't even get in in time because it was, I think it was about maybe a minute apart between goals. So, uh, kudos to New Jersey for getting things right, you know, right in the second period. Like I said, it's just a battle of coaching and wits and you trust, you know, certain coaches to make those changes and to see Spencer Carberry, whatever change made from the second to the third period, that's a good sign. Moving forward, I think he's a, a fine hire. And like I said, it's just going to take a lot of time and, and patience with Arizona, oh, Arizona, Washington, because they're going to be like Arizona in about two years when, when Ovechkin and everybody finally leaves. But like I said, this is going to be a very long rebuild, and that's why I had that in my head. But um, Washington, I like Hunter Shepard. I think he was great. And I think I don't mind seeing a rookie goalie have that kind of a flip-flop start. Get your trial by fire in early, and and if you do it in the NHL level, that that's fine. You know, I don't, I, I'm not going to knock him for for having a bad second period. You know, if he was doing that regularly in the AHL, that would be questionable. But okay, you you are playing against the best of the best. You're playing against a top tier uh, offensive team in New Jersey who is down three nothing. They will fire at you like that. They will do that to most goaltenders in this league. So I think he stood his poise well and, and played well the rest of the way. And I think he's a guy that you know. Charlie Lindgren's just kind of whatever. And, you know, Darcy Kemper has his ups and downs. He's injury prone. You know, who knows? They, they may shuffle those goaltenders out sooner or later. We may see Shepard uh, have a regular spot as a backup or maybe even a starter by the end of the year, potentially. So that gives them some flexibility with moving some things around at the trade deadline. Yeah, it does. And uh, now the key is what does Washington do after this win? Is this just a one-off? And look, let's be real about New Jersey, too. They have not played a crisp hockey game this year including in their own end. Look at the Islander game. That turned into a mess, and they barely hang, hung on and won in overtime. Uh, the Montreal game was uh, a little bit back and forth for a while. You know, the, the Detroit game uh, in the first night of the season, they let Detroit back into the game. They have not played a clean game, New Jersey, here for 60 minutes very often. So maybe a little bit of that came back to bite them last night as well uh, in that loss to the uh, Washington Capitals. So, uh, and that Jarek just said it, still have not scored the first goal. They've been they play in the trail position at the beginning of every hockey game this year. They've given up the first goal in each game. So Good things do know. have to change. New Jersey's got to get a little tighter right now. There, there's some things about their game. There's a lot of room for improvement. Look, they've still got a pretty solid record overall, but there's still a lot of room for improvement for a New Jersey Devils team where everyone expects the world of them now. You know, they expect playoffs and they expect a long run now in the playoffs from this team. And you can tell there's still there's still strides they have to take you know, to get their game to a level that's truly worthy, you know, of Stanley Cup contention. All right. Uh, obviously, we've um, – oh, by the way, I forgot to mention here, we've got a surprise guest actually joining us on the uh, show uh, later today. It's uh, Ottawa Senators forward Shane Pinto. He's going to help us break <laughs> down the uh, uh, card today here on this Thursday. He's got a lot of great player props, a lot of great looks 
that he's interested in. So we figured we'd be okay, kidding, of course. Um, but yeah, that's the big news, uh, obviously, today uh, here uh, in the uh, NHL is that uh, Shane, and I like what Evan said in the chat before the show. Yeah, uh, apparently Shane Pinto was uh, just couldn't get enough of those Ian Cameron plus price player props. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently, but uh, yeah, uh, nevertheless, um, yeah, Shane Pinto, the big news 41 game suspension for gambling, sports betting related activities. Yet, none of those activities, based on the NHL's official statement, were NHL games. Apparently, he did not bet any NHL games, there was no evidence of him betting NHL games. So, if he was involved in any wagering activities, we assume it was hockey outside of the NHL, maybe it was AHL, maybe it was ECHL, maybe it was European hockey, was football, basketball, baseball, who knows. Apparently it wasn't NHL games. And Alex said before the show to me, it's probably right. I mean, someone in his close inner circle probably was betting on NHL games. And that's probably what ended up getting him uh, in big time trouble with the league and handed down this 41 game suspension. And it also now all makes perfect sense as to why the Ottawa senators are dragging their heels from a management standpoint on that extension for Shane Pinto, knowing that probably this investigation was going on behind the scenes and knowing that there's a chance he would get suspended. Why the hell would you negotiate a contract extension with a guy when you know he might be serving a 41 game suspension? So I think that definitely uh, now it makes sense now. Like why the hell is Ottawa like not so keen on getting a deal done with this guy, a guy that we think is going to be a really good player in this league at the center ice position, a position of great importance uh, in the, in hockey. Uh, Now it makes a lot more sense uh, with the uh, Pinto suspension. And it's really the first case of an NHL betting-related suspension since, obviously, the explosion of sports betting in the mainstream and since all the leagues have basically had handshake deals uh, with all these different uh, sports books and sports betting in general. So uh, it happened in the NFL. I think it's happened in the NBA. Uh, Not as much as the NFL, but it has happened, I believe, uh, in the NBA. But this is definitely the first uh, occurrence of a betting suspension here involving an NHL player, although great tweet from – uh, or great post, I should say. i got to stop saying tweet. Post uh, on X from uh, Evan, who said, you don't remember there was some gambling-related suspensions in the NHL, like back in like the 20s and the 30s, 1920s, 1930s. And I uh, reposted the article uh, on X. Uh, there was a few of them. Don Gallinger, uh, Billy Taylor, Babe Pratt. Babe Pratt was a Leaf. I remember that because Babe Pratt still shows up on a lot of Leaf, you know, top five, top ten lists. He was a really good player for them back in that era. And they apparently got busted uh, for betting related issues. So uh, it's happened a long time ago, but since the, you know, the implementation of betting and mainstream consciousness, this is the first player to go through something like this, uh, Shane Pinto in the modern I era. Want, I was going to say, were they even hockey lines in the 20? I mean, certainly weren't totals, but was there, was there even a money line? Cause the money line, as we know it in the counter, like, you know, of like 40 cent lines, 50 cent lines that didn't really come until the forties and fifties. So that's kind of, kind of curious how that even, they just, I guess it's just up, you know, wins or losses and they were just throwing games back then. Yeah. It's uh, I'm just, uh, it's, they said, uh, yeah, banned betting on hockey games. And yeah. it was betting on hockey games. So you could do it. And apparently they did it. Gallinger, uh, uh, Billy Taylor and uh, Babe Pratt. Uh, so that, that was back in no, this, this suspension on Taylor and Gallinger banned for life for betting on 1948. Uh, apparently, uh, is uh, Clarence Campbell. Of course, Clarence Campbell, they named the uh, Western Conference trophy after him. Uh, but yeah, that is, uh, that's really something that, it, that even back then. So was there a money line? I'd, you know what? That's funny for someone that's been in this business now for a long time. 
there's that element of the history of betting. I I wouldn't know off the top of my well, head. Well, 1948. That's around the time that uh, Charles McNeil invented the point spread. So I think the money lines were probably more stable to what we we're familiar with now by that point in the era. So. Yeah. So that's what it's uh, looking like. Uh, that so it probably was around. If I had to guess, I would say there's a money line back, especially 1948, yeah. that yeah. because that's when this. Taylor and Gallinger suspension happened by NHL president at the time, uh, Clarence Campbell. So uh, that is, uh, I'm trying to see, did they say, they just said gambling on hockey games. They yeah. didn't say specific things in, in yeah. the article. No, 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 no. Yeah. no. So, but yeah. I, I would assume there was a money line around. But yeah, Shane Pinto now 41 game suspension. So we won't see him until at least after the All-Star break, uh, essentially yeah. at this point uh, in time. So um, it is what it is for Ottawa. Look, they were without him already. You know, you were evaluating Ottawa on their lineup without him already, but now you're not going to get him back till then. So still disappointing because this is a guy that's expected to be a big impact player. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, Alex. This is uh, it's opened up the door for these kind of things to happen. We've seen it in the NFL, other sports, and now the first uh, occurrence of it in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. Like I said, especially, you know, if it wasn't something he did directly, if it was, you know, through a group or whatever, then that's, you know, pure negligence. You have to be aware of of everything and you have to just be careful who you associate with. I think that's the reason for the suspension more than anything, even if it wasn't an NHL game. But they're they're making an example out of him to just show to everybody, hey, you got to, you know, you can't just be around this if, if you're playing the game. And, and, you know, like I said, this is for our, you know, entertainment and, and, and our, you know, our livelihood of us personally but um you know the players you know they and it's funny because when this all came about right when papsa was was shut down we heard from players in all kinds of sports that say yeah we hear people talk about you know spreads or fantasy but we don't really even know what's going on and then all of a sudden you, you, if things kind of flip and all of a sudden no oh, it seems like a lot of players kind of know about other things you got all these nhl players that are apparently betting on football and and you know nba players are betting on football and different things so you know it's kind of they were kind of two-facing us in a way by saying that yeah we don't really pay attention to it but at the same time they were kind of paying attention to it amongst themselves so uh you know like i said you just gotta you know keep things clean and above board that's all yeah and that's uh what the nhl is trying to uh, do uh and uh like i say it's uh again perplexing i know why some people are uh, a little bit you know scratching their head like he didn't bet nhl games yet he's been suspended and it's to me it's definitely the inner circle connection someone did yeah that he was involved with and that's that's something they don't for ottawa i mean that that now leaves a spot open maybe they can get a free agent like a patrick kane or something fill in that'd be really nice and patrick kane rumors are rumbling uh right now there's a bunch of teams interested uh in uh, sir patrick kane and of course he will be i think signing somewhere probably by the midway point of the season so uh, that will definitely uh, that little news story is going to heat up for sure uh, as we uh, go along here throughout the course of the season. All right, we got eleven NHL games tonight. Let's get into it. We'll start with San Jose and Tampa Bay. We've got the uh, Lightning minus two eighty home favorites, six and a half being the uh, total in this game. And as with every San Jose game, the only question I ask myself is, do I get involved with Tampa Bay in some form or not? You know, that's basically what it's come down to with uh, San Jose uh, is just do you, do you want to take get involved from a betting standpoint with the opponent or not? <laughs> you know, that's what it's come down to. because I sure as hell don't want San Jose. Uh, we know that it's been a dreadful start uh, to the uh, season for the uh, San Jose Sharks. Still looking for their first win. Oh, five and one. And the only point they got in that loss to Colorado was basically Mackenzie Blackwood turning into Patrick Waugh for one night. Uh, that's the only reason they got a point in that game. They started the road trip with back-to-back losses against Nashville and Florida, 5-1 and 3-1. It's probably not going to get any easier here against uh, Tampa Bay. You know what's funny about Tampa Bay? 
They enter this game having yet to win two straight games. So they have been a win one and then a lose one right uh, after that. Uh, this might be the night to break that little uh, skid uh, for Tampa Bay to finally put two wins in a row uh, on the board after a very solid 3-0 shutout win uh, over uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. I got to give Jonas Johansson some credit here. He played great against Carolina. Uh, when you look at the performance against Toronto, even in the loss in overtime, he's the reason they got a point in that game. He was very good, and he's back in net tonight for the uh, Lightning. Mackenzie Blackwood will get another start for uh, San Jose uh, here in this game tonight. Um, I'm looking at the pricing here uh, with the uh, Sharks and the uh, Lightning because I'm interested in the Lightning team total over. Maybe even a puck line look on San, uh, on Tampa Bay, rather in this game, just because of the fact you look at San Jose's losses, a two goal loss, a four goal loss, a two goal loss, a three goal loss. Only that Colorado loss was a one goal defeat. Every other San Jose loss, the other five, two goals or more. So they've been losing by margin here this season, the San Jose Sharks. So when I look at the prices though, the one and a half minus 114 on Tampa Bay, I'll probably sprinkle a small bet on that, split up probably with the team total. So Tampa minus one and a half minus 114, uh, at Pinnacle, and then the team total for uh, Tampa Bay uh, over three and a half is minus 158 right now at Pinnacle. Just above my threshold, but this is the same approach I took with New Jersey. I put a little small bet on that uh, Lightning, or sorry, not the Lightning, fuck, the uh, Devils team total over three and a half, even though it was a little higher than minus 150. Uh, I'll go ahead with that team total as well, split it between the two. And there are some props I like in this game tonight. We're rolling back with Alex Barre Boulet again. Uh, this guy, as long as he stays on that top line with Point and Kucherov, there is tremendous value. He's got the finishing ability. They have finally bumped this price down for his goal prop. We've been hitting these plus 500s here with Barre Boulet, a couple of these games. They've pushed it down now to plus 350. That's a little bit more in line with where it should be. But at the same point in time, you know, this is still a top line player at plus 350, which to me, the value... Yeah, it's gone down a little bit. Hasn't gone down enough. There's more than enough value to still take Alex Barre Boulay here on that top line for Tampa Bay to find the back of the net at plus 350 uh, here in this game. How about my guy Nick Paul uh, for Tampa Bay? He cashed a goal prop for us the other night at plus 480 against Carolina. Uh, he's plus 310 to get the back of the net tonight, plus 225 to get an assist. And again, sometimes with these uh, point props, what I'm doing now is splitting them up, goal and an assist prop. One and one, you're still profitable. Two and oh, if he gets a goal and an assist, man, you're really profitable because the goal props plus 310, the assist prop is plus 225. So there you go. Uh, all of a sudden, assuming that's a one unit bet, that's five units of profit right there. If both the goal and the assist prop cash in with uh, Nick Paul tonight. And then Jarek Rubel, you make a good point. He's been quiet with Tampa. I don't actually like the way he's played here, quite honestly, with Tampa Bay. He hasn't been that offensive force he was with San Jose. He's also not playing the minutes he played with San Jose. I mean, Mikey Acemont is who we're talking about, and I get it. It's the revenge spot. He used to be with San Jose last year. He got traded at the deadline, but he's not playing a lot. Look at the ice time here. A nine minutes against Carolina, 11 against Toronto. He's only playing on the fourth line. He only has one goal, one assist on the season. So I get the revenge angle, but I'm just worried he's not going to have enough time on the ice to you know do anything of of, of significance in this game as far as offensive production is concerned. But I get the angle, Jarrett. You, you, you like those situations sometimes. Guy play, uh, a player facing his former team, and you've got that here with AC Mont. And then on the San Jose side, like we don't really want to unload on San Jose props here, but you've got to admit there's some changes in the lineup here. We got William Eklund, the young prospect, and Kevin LeBanc, 
moving up to the power play one unit tonight for the San Jose Sharks in this game. And you can get, obviously, LeBanc plus 500 to get a goal, plus 285 to get an assist. They don't have PP points for him uh, at any book. That's disappointing. Uh, and then you got Will Eklund on that power play unit, plus 430 to get a goal, plus 275 to get an assist. They do have power play points for William Eklund. He's on the number one unit. It's plus 390. Keep these small because this is San Jose after all, and they've had a hard time scoring. They're not a very good hockey team. They're in our consensus opinion, Alex and I, the worst team in the NHL. But there's some there's some variables here. There's some factors that point to value for Eklund and LeBanc as they move up to the number one power play unit tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? San Jose, Tampa Bay. I got, I got to give you a shout out, Ian, because you already knew by reading the the, the uh, prop, player props first that I have absolutely nothing on this game whatsoever because you know I'm not backing San Jose. And there's no way in hell I'm laying anything with Jonas Johansson. 280? Minus 280. That's the, That's got to be the first time ever where he started a game where the team's favored by 200 or more, like in, in, in any point, even with Colorado. So uh, this is a complete pass for me. Yeah, I mean, you are talking about Johansson at minus 280, although he's played yeah. good hockey the last two games yeah. for yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, and this and is the weakest is opponent of the bunch. Yeah. 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 But that's still high. That's still high. But it's still high. I get it. I totally <laughs> understand that, no doubt. And yeah. shout out to our old uh, colleague and friend, Andrew McGinnis. Yeah, in the chat. Welcome in. Uh, glad to see you. All right, uh, next up, we've got uh, Winnipeg and uh, Detroit. Uh, Winnipeg Jets minus 130. Uh, road favorites, six and a half, the total in this game. We've seen some movement toward Winnipeg. It's all Alex Debrinkit related. Uh, I thought it was very appropriate, too, the other uh, – what was that game? Uh, uh, if I was a play-by-play man, you know what I would have said when Alex Debrinkit scored that at-trick? I would have said, the cat in the hat. That's what I would have said uh, <laughs> yeah. in that. Uh, I'm surprised Ken Daniels or no one thought of that. It's the first thing that stuck out in my mind. Scores! The cat in the hat! <laughs> I think I think Pat Foley great. threw that line out when he got a hat-trick with yeah. the Hawks. He might have. He might have. I'd have to go back and look for that, but yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I would have used that line, the cat in the hat, Uh, but that that would have been great. Dr. Seuss fans know what I'm talking about. Uh, Yeah, Winnipeg minus 130 here in this game, but that's why the money's come in on Winnipeg, mostly because of that. Dabrinkit is a game-time decision. He's battling an illness. Uh, He hasn't been ruled out yet, though, from what I've been uh, led to believe. Derek Lalone saying that he's probably going to be a game-time call. Uh, for this one uh, tonight. So keep an eye on this. He's been just absolutely spectacular. We've said it all season. He's thrilled as fuck to be playing for the Detroit Red Wings. He didn't like the situation in Ottawa. We know he was unhappy there. It didn't end well for him with the Ottawa Senators. He's very happy to be back home uh, with the uh, Detroit Red Wings. It's a Michigan kid uh, close to home. uh, And he's been unbelievable this season. What is it? Nine goals and four assists already uh, this year for Alex to So he's been just uh, on a tear to begin this season, 13 points in just how many games? Uh, seven uh, games, 13 points already. So it is a big hit if he doesn't play for Detroit tonight. But Larkin's in good form. You know, he's capable of stepping up. Lucas Raymond, you know, kind of quiet the last couple of games. I still think that's a guy that's going to have a big step up at some point. Uh, no question. Uh, this could be that night. If Dabrinkit doesn't play, I think it makes Lucas Raymond's props more appealing. Because I think he's a prime candidate as someone that's going to have to up the ante a little bit offensively. Uh, you know, the, you know what surprised me about Detroit? Their blue lines played a little bit better, although one of their few games where they did not was that last game against Seattle. They end up losing in overtime. It wasn't one of their best, wasn't one of their most crisp defensive efforts by any stretch of the imagination. 
Winnipeg on the flip side, look, Alex and I, we really, really thought situationally Winnipeg was in a good spot against St. Louis. We saw it. We read the quote from Josh Morrissey, the defenseman, talking about Rick Bonus away from the team. His wife had a seizure, Judy Bonus, in the hospital. We talked about how the team's taken a business-like approach where what Bones wants from us in this time when he's away from his team with his ailing wife is that he wants us to carry on with our job. Business as usual, take care of things on the ice. And they did that with the win against St. Louis. So for that reason, we thought they'd step up, kind of a win-one for the Gipper type of spot there uh, for Rick Bonus, And they got the job done against St. Louis uh, the other night in that game. Now can they go on the road, get the job done again here? They probably still have a lot of that same thought in their mind, like with Rick away from the team, we need to step our game up. We can't do anything here. We, there's nothing we can say. There's nothing we can do to, you know, make the situation better because all the only thing that will make the situation better is Judy Bonus recovering and getting back to health. And obviously we hope that is the case. But what we can do is control what we can control on the ice for our head coach. Play hard, do our job, do it to the best of our ability, prep, prepare the way he would want us to, and be ready to play a hockey game at the best of our ability. So uh, I wouldn't want to step in front of Winnipeg tonight, but now it's gotten up to minus 130. A little pricey for me, considering how well this Detroit team's played. Um, total at six and a half here in this game. But Detroit continues to be just this over machine on home ice. And overall, six and one to the over this year, this Red Wings team. Four straight overs, all at home. Six, three at home against Pittsburgh. Five, two against Ottawa. Well, that was in Ottawa. And then the last two home games, six, two win over Calgary. And then the five, four overtime loss to Seattle. So they've been an over machine. It's over or pass for me as far as this total goes. And then the props, Dylan Larkin, you know, goal assist shots. We've been rolling back that one over and over again. Raymond goal and assist. And you know who I'm going back to in the bargain bin category may not be the bargain bin special, but it's Joe Valeno. Uh, once again here for the Detroit Red Wings. He's been remarkable. He's been on a multiple goal score, multiple game goal scoring streak, plus 700 at FanDuel. Like the prices are getting better, believe it or not. How is this possible? How? How is it that I'm actually getting a better price on Joe Valeno to score a goal a night for the Detroit Red Wings? How? When he's got four goals in the last three games and he scored a goal in each of the last three games. How is that price getting better on him to score a goal in this game tonight? Plus 700. Can't pass that up. Won't pass that up. Can't do it, as Mike Singletary would, would say. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Winnipeg, Detroit. Yeah, I guess, I mean, it, maybe the books, are the books taking stances on players now saying that he can't, you know, this is their way of saying they don't believe he can continue the streak? That would be kind of cool. If the, I mean, the books do that with, with lines and totals all the time. Why not take a stand with, oh, with players? The shooting boxers? percentage is probably due for regression. I don't deny that. But yeah. The results are there, and until they're not there, I'm I'm riding it. Right, exactly. So yeah, so that that would be that would be cool to see some. You know, a lot of these books don't make ballsy decisions like that these days. So maybe that that's the, the look there. But um, I would I would definitely tail on that. But like I said, I like this over. Like I said, can't take a side here because that was such an emotional win for the Jets, and then you wonder, oh, can they keep that rolling, or do they have a bit of a letdown being on the road? You know, are they going to be better on the road because they're playing in buildings that have more people <laughs> than, than what they're saying, what they're in uh, right now with their own home crowd? So. That's kind of interesting to see. I want to. I, this is an observation game, but over six and a half at even money is worth taking a shot. I think their offense is getting rolling. Of course, we know about Detroit, uh, so I definitely see goals here back and forth. So, but uh, maybe this is a live game as far as side goes. You can probably you know gauge something a little bit after maybe the first period, but definitely like goals both ways. So I'd even take a shot with both teams to score first period as well. In this one. 
mini little revenge angle spot too that I like. Vladdy Nemesnikov on Winnipeg played for Detroit, not for long, but he did play for Detroit. He's on the second line right now for the Jets. He's moved up. He's got points in three of the last four games, and he scored a couple games ago uh, against Edmonton. So, you know, Vladdy Nemesnikov here at plus 600 is not a bad look, you know, as far as some value here tonight uh, on the Winnipeg side to uh, find the uh, back of the net in this game. I'm going to come back to Ayapalo as well. As long as he's on the uh, top line with uh, Shifley and with Connor, you know, he's going to have those opportunities to uh, be able to chip in and find the back of the net. And his prop, plus 310. Again, you're going to give me a top-line player at plus 310 to score a goal. That's not something that I'm really going to be looking to pass up. You know, and um, it's, it's not going to hit every game. And obviously it didn't with Iafalo against St. Louis. But if you continue that thought process with goal props to bet a player on the top line at plus 300 or better, you know, you're going to see it cash in for you, you know, uh, at some point. I'm also looking to see what other changes we have as far as these uh, lineups go. I don't think we have anything major. Um, Confer's going to the top power play unit, it looks like, for the uh, Detroit Red Wings, JT Confer, straight out of Confer. Crazy motherfucker named JT. If you want to take plus 365 with him to score a goal, plus 155 to get an assist. And his power play point prop, that might be the best look. You know, if he's moving up to power play one tonight for the Red Wings and plus 375 to get a power play point, geez, that's that's outstanding uh, value for a guy moving on up to that top power play unit tonight for the uh, Detroit Red Wings in this game. So definitely some good options there as far as some uh, player prop looks. Uh, in that Winnipeg-Detroit game. And again, Detroit, six of their seven games this year have gone over the total. I do want to point out Hellebuck uh, confirmed for Detroit in net. There is no confirmation yet from Detroit who so projected, but I wouldn't totally be shocked if it's James Reimer either uh, in because he's playing, you know, a, he's from Manitoba. So I'm just thinking that maybe Lalone's going to give Reimer a start here tonight, possibly, you know, facing, you know, Winnipeg, you know, which is from the province where he, grew up so potentially it is Reimer okay it is Reimer says a Flyers guy okay so and he's played well but we'll see if he continues it tonight against the uh, Winnipeg Jets all right Seattle and Carolina we've got the Hurricanes minus 200 home favorites six the total uh, here in this one this is a very interesting game I don't love either spot here for these teams Seattle there's a Carolina just got totally ambushed by Seattle out in the Pacific Northwest just recently. Remember, Carolina's on that long road trip last weekend, and Seattle buried them. And Seattle embarrassed them defensively. Seven goals in that game. For a Seattle team that struggled in a lot of games to find the back of the net, they did not have any issue finding the back of the net that night uh, against uh, the Carolina Hurricanes in Seattle. And so you got to believe in the recesses of their mind, Carolina's thinking payback time tonight and that they want to play a whole lot better here against this Seattle team that really assaulted them a week ago today, 7-4 to four, uh, in Seattle with the uh, Kraken victorious over this Hurricanes team. But it's a very, very grueling spot, too, for Carolina, and I don't love this price enough to take Carolina. I think there's little things like that that make sense, the revenge situation, getting embarrassed by Seattle, back home, but not at minus 200. Can't do it, unfortunately. The price is just not where I want it to be. They, for a team that's lost three in a row, that hasn't been great defensively, they've been able to score goals until, of course, the Tampa game where they got shut down. But you look at this schedule here for Rod Brindamore's team. I mean, you went through a six-game roadie, L.A., Anaheim, San Jose, Seattle, Colorado, Tampa Bay, now finally back home. Um, tricky spot, not the kind of spot I want to take someone at minus 200. So 
This is probably going to be more of a game I look toward player props, if anything. Joey Decord, by the way, is going to get another mm -hmm. start in net tonight for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Got the victory for them against the uh, Detroit Red Wings the other night. And what's funny, too, about this uh, uh, start that uh, Dave Haxtell is giving uh, Joey Decord here in this game is that this is not injury-related as far as Philip Grubauer is concerned. This is just a decision. You know, Decord, he played well enough against – he still gave up four goals, but he got the win – we're going to roll back with him here after getting that win in, in the Motor City against the Red Wings. So uh, it's a game that I've got more interest in props than anything side or total. Just a small lean it would be to the over, but I don't love it. I could see this. I don't love a 7-4 game with these two teams last week and then betting it over a week later with the same two teams. I could see it being a lot more cagey uh, this time around. What do you think here, Alex? Seattle, Carolina. I think this one actually might be a bit more up and down, kind of like what we saw with, with the first game, to be honest. Like I said, Carolina kind of coming back home. But like I said, you know, they remember that that loss. So that back and forth, I, I just have that kind of gut feeling that this is just a high-scoring game. And uh, the court in that, while I like him, he also is susceptible to giving up goals. You know, he's just one of those guys that I think almost – I try to think like a Nikolai Hobby Bullen type, right? Like once Hobby Bullen gave up a goal – he almost seemed like he got a little bit stronger. Like there was a ton of games I remember with him with the Hawks where he had great nights and you think he should have had a shutout, but he gave up that one goal and that kind of just like sparked him a little bit. I feel like the cord might be in that, that same kind of category. So he's not like a Jacob Markson where he gives up the first shot and it goes in and he's all of a sudden rattled. I think he can handle that of, of okay, I gave that one up, but let me just refocus and, and, and get channeled back in. That's a, a sign of a good goal. It's a great goalie to bet on when you're talking about live wagering. You can identify that. So with that being said, I took a shot with the first period over yesterday. I was able to grab a 130 at Caesars. That's now moved. It's all 140s, 150s. I say wait and uh, give this about two or three minutes to look for a first period and full game over. You should be able to get five and a half around plus money, and you should be able to get that one and a half around plus money if you wait about three or four minutes at least. All right, uh, Alex got a first period over uh, in mind here for uh, Seattle and uh, Carolina. Prop-wise, there's a few on Seattle. Uh, Matty Beneers hasn't scored yet. I see Insight uh, likes his uh, anytime goal prop plus 320. Yeah, he's going to score eventually. Will it be tonight's the question? I'd rather see him get one first. And then that's the way I usually operate with the, with the players that haven't scored yet at this stage of the season. Now that we're two weeks in, I want to see them find the back of the net before I get the buy sign uh, on them. You know, and uh, that's what I'm waiting for on Matty Beneers. To me, I'm going to go back to the well with Ty Cartier, Ty Cartier again. Uh, for Seattle plus 500 they just haven't adjusted that price enough like he's right back to the top line why wouldn't he after he scored his first game on the top line for Seattle uh, against Detroit with Beneers and Eberle you know of course uh, Dave Axtell is not going to move him off that line uh, plus 500 uh, again for him to find the back of the net tonight it's just value I will not turn down no question I would also consider Jaden Schwartz he's a streaky guy and right now he's got four goals in the last four games for the uh, Seattle Kraken uh, you can get Jaden Schwartz at a plus 290 price uh, as well. Uh, not bad for uh, any time a uh, goal score. And then on the uh, Carolina side, I just want to see what their lineup is because they've obviously had uh, Ajo banged up, although it looks like Ajo is finally back uh, here tonight for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, and that's significant. Actually, he returned on Tuesday night. Uh, this is going to be a second game back, so that's huge uh, against with Karabinen and Jarvis. That line reunites it. it brings bunting down to the second line with Coke and Yemi and Natchez. It's just funny how they get Aho back and all of a sudden look how it lengthens things uh, a little bit for the uh, Carolina hurricanes. And uh, there's no question that uh, Aho being back definitely uh, helps. 
Uh, as far as their props go, Jarvis, you know, has had a nice start to the year. Uh, Nagus is on a uh, five points in four games, or five points in five game streak. So Nagus could be someone you uh, target. Uh, Tara Vinen, quite honestly, he's kind of slowed after a hot start. Uh, you know, he had that red hot first few games. He's kind of slowed down since then. But, uh, you know, bunting also has been nice production from him uh, early in the season as well for this uh, Hurricanes team. Uh, with especially from a point standpoint but the one I like I think the most and Aho coming back obviously you could bet him but you know you're never going to get the great value on a player of that caliber so uh, definitely Seth Jarvis is the one that I'd be most interested in as far as the uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, are concerned all right Anaheim Ducks Boston Bruins we've got Boston minus 310 huge favorites here at home six the total shaded to the under um so let's talk about this a little bit. Obviously, Boston is undefeated. They've found ways to win. They haven't always been great, but they've done enough. Their, their defense has been just outstanding to begin the season. Uh, they have given up just, what, seven goals in the first uh, six games of the season. I mean, that is just remarkable defensive play. The defense and the goaltending of both Allmark and Swayman have been good. And I think what's great to see for Boston is Allmark is having a very good start to the year. And this is a guy, obviously, that had a phenomenal season last year. But what's really good is Swayman, who last year had a few more ups and downs and bumps in the road. Swayman's been really good uh, this year as well for Boston. I think he stepped his game up uh, a, a notch or two uh, for the uh, Boston Bruins in net, which has been good to see. I hate this spot, though, for Boston. I think it's a, t- it's a terrible spot. It reeks when you think of this situation for Boston. They had the home games against Chicago and Nashville. They go on the road. They play San Jose, L.A., Anaheim, uh, Chicago uh, again. Uh, that's a lot of travel, and that plus a short turnaround because you're San Jose, L.A., a back-to-back L.A. and Anaheim, then a, to 48 hours later in Chicago, and now 48 hours later you're home uh, here for this first home game. I think it's a very, very tricky spot for Boston. And think about you know Marshawn had those quotes setting the sowing the seeds of a potential flat spot against Chicago. It didn't happen. They still won. I don't think they were great uh, in the hockey game, though. They capitalized on their chances. Give them credit. I think the Connor Bedard power play goal getting wiped out and disallowed early in that game took a lot of uh, steam out of Chicago uh, early in that game on uh, Tuesday night. Um, and then you look at Anaheim. Okay, Boston just beat this Anaheim team 3-1 to one in Anaheim just four days ago. And it's funny, a Western Conference team, and now they're playing them again uh, four days later in Boston. And you look at the Ducks season so far, 2-4 and four record. The 4-1 loss to Vegas, pretty tough, right, playing that team. But they beat Carolina the next night 6-3. to three. The Dallas Stars game, they play an excellent Stars team toe-to-toe even, and they fall just short. They lose 3-2. They have a tough 2-1 loss against Arizona. Again, a pretty even game. They actually outshot uh, Arizona by six. The Boston game, they outshot Boston on the weekend in, in Anaheim. 3-1 loss to the Bruins, but 31-25 shots edge for Anaheim. And then they beat Columbus 3-2 in overtime. Showed some resilience. Showed some resolve. Um, and now you got Boston at home. They just beat this team a few nights ago. They haven't been home in a while. They're laying a big number. This is the kind of spot that, now look, I'm not going to compare Anaheim to Seattle because Seattle last year was a much better team than Anaheim and Seattle this year is probably still a little better than Anaheim, but this is the very spot Boston lost early in the season last year in this spot off a long road trip coming home. They played Seattle and they lost to the Kraken. That's what I remember. It stands out 
and it's why we're going with a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a shocker here from yours truly. We're taking Anaheim first period money line plus two hundred five uh, at Batano, and we're splitting it up with Anaheim money line full game plus two seventy uh, at that same book. I'm uh, first period full game split here with the Anaheim Ducks. I think this is a very trappish spot for the Boston Bruins tonight, uh, and um, I think I think there's a chance they lose their first game. This this feels like Boston hosting Seattle last year in the first month or so of the season, a long road trip, and they had nothing. They were a bad game for Boston. And look, the one thing I'll say about Anaheim, they've been feisty. They've been competitive. They've been in every game so far. I think this is a dangerous game for Boston. Anaheim first period, full game, money line split for me. I'm taking a shot. You have to in the course of a long season when you think of favorites overpriced in a vulnerable spot. Even though they're a good team, their favorite, that is overpriced and to me also in a vulnerable spot tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Ducks, Bruins. Yeah, I jumped on this yesterday and I actually got a worse price. I had plus 250. So now it's 260s and 270s floating around. But um, this is definitely a spot to back the Ducks in faith of the Bruins here. Like you said, they played each other tight the last time they played in Anaheim just uh, you know a few days ago. And Anaheim, like I said, just one of those games where they got worn down. It's like Boston puts teams in a trance. Right. Like they haven't done anything where they've just completely demolished the teams. It's, it's not the same undefeated run from last year. This is definitely one of those one of those spots where they just kind of just lull teams into sleep and then all of a sudden get a couple of goals and win. That's how you beat Chicago the other night. That's how you beat Anaheim. They beat uh, San Jose the same way. I don't know if you can do that after being you know on this long road trip coming home. We always talk about how that's just a, a bit of a flat spot. And yes, it's it means more when it's the middle of you know January than it does early October, but these are still nonetheless flat spots and historically spots uh, to fade that team coming home in. So plus 260 here with Anaheim, I think they get the job done. I, I like that spot. All right. I agree. I think it's, uh, it's look, if it loses, so be it. If Boston's just so uh, powerful right now that they win their seventh straight game to start the season, so be it. But this this is just too good of a price in a situation to resist, in my opinion, because we saw evidence of this last year early in the season. They had that long first month of the season road trip out west. They came back home. They lost to Seattle in this yeah. very same spot. I was going to say, we got a quick debate in the in the chat. Ian, who do you think is a better goaltending tandem, what Boston has right now with, with Swayman and Olmark or what Vegas has with Hill and Thompson? Oh, wow. Um, no, because they won the cup, I'll, I'll favor Hill and Thompson a little bit, but it's close. It's razor thin. Yeah, yeah it's right. It's close. And that's it. Current form. That was my yeah. thing in the chat. Current form. Hill, like I said, 22 and seven since February. Logan yeah. Thompson was, was arguably going to be a, a Calder finalist before he got hurt. He came back. Now he looks like he's right back to yeah. where he was before that injury. So, I mean, that's. I would much rather trust that tandem. If I had to go seven in a seven-game series and I had to play both goaltenders, I would trust Hill and Thompson before Allmark and Swayman back and forth. Yeah, especially because we saw what happened with Boston's goaltending last year in the first round. Allmark wasn't the same, and Swayman was not great. You know, So we have playoff performance that was outstanding on the Vegas side of it. So that's why I give them the slight edge. Uh, there's no question. Uh, playoff performance matters to me. Uh, there's no doubt, uh, and we saw that certainly from Aiden Hill in particular uh, last year. Then as far as the props go for this game, there are some props. Now, I don't expect this to be an ultra-high scoring game, of course. we got Boston involved. Uh, I think every 5-1 and one to the under uh, this year, the Boston Bruins, uh, no question. But I think when you look at this situation here as far as this game goes, 
Um, absolutely. Look, he's been one of the best goal scorers so far this year for Anaheim. He's facing his old team uh, or he's and close to home, Frank Vetrano. Uh, there's no doubt that is worth a look here uh, as far as uh, a prop tonight. Uh, Frank Vetrano, he scored the game winner as well against Columbus the, the other night. Absolutely a great goal prop for sure. Uh, McTavish is someone I'd consider as well on the uh, Anaheim side. Don't sleep on Henrique. Henrique's had a bunch of chances. Puck hasn't always gone in. I could see Adam Henrique finding the back of the net plus 430. Uh, again, with Frank Vetrano, the price is really good as well, plus a 310 uh, at DraftKings. McTavish has been more one of their more good offensive players, plus 390. Boston, I mean, obviously the 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 starring role of Marshawn and Pasternak, they're always a threat, but the the value kid on the Boston side right now. And he, it, he is a kid and that's Matt Patra. Uh, yeah. This guy continues to impress. I think we're getting to the point now where he's been so good, especially these last few games. And with the need at the center ice position, the dire need that the Boston Bruins have at the center ice position in the wake uh, of the Bergeron and Krejci retirements uh, in the off season. I don't see how they send Matthew Patra back to junior hockey. I just don't. I think they need him. He's played well enough to stay up with the Boston Bruins. Uh, and I like him, uh, again, for props tonight. Goal prop plus 310, assist prop plus 250. Uh, and I'm seeing him now moved, uh, getting some power play time as well. And that power play point prop plus 500 for the power play point prop at the score bet. So uh, Matt Potra's got the uh, good vibes going right now. Goals in consecutive games for him. Three goals in the last two games. He scored twice against this Ducks team on Sunday night, two of their three goals. And of course he scored uh, against uh, Chicago uh, as well on Tuesday night. So uh, absolutely Matt Potra uh, is the uh, prop value right now for the uh, Boston Bruins uh, without a doubt. Uh, let me just see. Uh, did, I, did I mention the goalies? Yeah. It's um, as far as the goalies, it's Linus Allmark and net for Boston tonight. That is confirmed. We don't have confirmation for Anaheim projections though. will be that it's John uh, Gibson. All right. Next up, we've got Colorado Pittsburgh. It's uh, Colorado minus 140 road favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Not the cheap price that Dallas was against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Tuesday night, but I will get involved with Colorado. In fact, I laid a better price already on them uh, in this game. I mean, until Pittsburgh beats somebody good, I'm not interested. Okay, what were the two wins? Washington and Calgary, big whoop. You know, not, not impressing uh, for me right now with what the Penguins have done. Uh, minus 130 is what I got in on Colorado at. It's gone up a little since then. I could only look at the Avs side. Um, now, Pittsburgh has been another venue in the past where they've had a tougher time. I remember Pittsburgh won an overtime game, I believe, last year uh, in Pittsburgh between these two teams. And it's not always been smooth sailing for Pittsburgh here, or for Colorado, rather, here in Pittsburgh. But, I mean, Pittsburgh's, to me, got just a boatload of issues right now. Uh, when the offense dries up like it has in the last two games, they're just not good enough in their own zone you know, to be able to win hockey games when the offense is shut down. And I think we have seen that here for uh, Pittsburgh repeatedly. Uh, Colorado has found uh, ways to win uh, throughout the uh, course of the season. Undefeated start. I don't want to step in front of these uh, undefeated teams unless they're laying an insurmountable price in a tricky spot, like with the Boston Bruins, which I just mentioned. Here you're getting an undefeated team, minus 130 to minus 140 now, against a Pittsburgh team that has not stepped up in class at all. Uh, this year. Where is the quality win on Pittsburgh's schedule? You can't find it with a telescope. Uh, I'll throw that one in there too. <laughs> you can't. Uh, their only two wins were Washington and Calgary. What is there? A combined like two wins or three wins between them this year? So yeah, it's not been good for the uh, Penguins. Tristan Jari and Nett, 
you know, we'll see how he fares, but, you know, up and down, you, you never know all, uh, honestly what you're going to get night to night. And Alexander Georgiev, as uh, he continues to get the majority of these starts, Jared Bednar coming back to him. Now, he was not as good uh, against the Islanders the other night, Georgiev. But if you actually looked at Georgiev's career numbers against the Islanders, a lot of those starts with the Rangers, because he played there so many, so for years, a lot of it was just he a team that he just doesn't, play well against. And sometimes you're going to have that as a goalie. There's that one team you struggle against. And the Islanders is, are a team that uh, Alexander Georgiev has struggled with. So I'm not worried that he was a little off his game the other night against the Islanders. I think definitely he will uh, be better tonight. Minus 140 for me. I also lean over six and a half because Colorado dragged the Islanders into a high scoring affair. Pittsburgh, I trust offensively more than defensively. So it'd be over six and a half for me as well far as the total goes Alex what do you think here with Colorado and Pittsburgh this would be a fun game to watch I don't know if I'm going to be betting it like I said this you know Avalanche team we're kind of waiting for their ball to drop too but Pittsburgh just looked I mean they looked bad uh that game against Dallas right like like you know we talked about it like that was just that line was just bizarre because Dallas is way better than Pittsburgh right now. And uh, this Penguins team is just you know they're going through the gauntlet right and it's better to get these Dallas and Colorado games out of the way since you can't compete with them uh, or seemingly can't compete with them. We'll see what happens tonight in this one, but get them out of the way now. And then, you know, try to, to, you know, get better against the teams in your own division and your own conference. But so this could be one of those spots where Colorado goes in and blows them out of the water, or it could be one of those games where Colorado just eh, kind of, you know, dog walks it and all of a sudden it's in overtime. So this would be one I'll be watching and, and looking for something live. Nothing is now. Just by the way, I'm reading something on Detroit. Right now, that if Debrinket doesn't go, and Debrinket, of course, is on the top line with Larkin and Raymond. If Debrinket doesn't go, currently penciled in to possibly go to the top line is actually someone that's been a healthy scratch much of the season mm-hmm. for Detroit. But he's got a lot of offensive skill and talent. Jonathan Bergren apparently might end up being on the top line tonight. Just he goes from basically sitting wow. in the press box as a healthy scratch <laughs> to top line maybe. Uh, if Debrinket doesn't go tonight, that's what I'm seeing based on the uh, line changes uh, chart that I always use. So, and the reason for that is again, that's because of um, the potential absence of Debrinket. That's if Debrinket doesn't play. If Debrinket does go, Berggren's probably not playing at all. But if Debrinket doesn't play, Berggren might be on the top line. And I'm seeing a few books, not many, but a couple have his goal prop because a lot of the books probably don't, didn't expect him to play initially, but Caesars and bet 99 have him at plus 450 to score a goal tonight. Berggren, that's something to hop on if he is indeed replacing Debrinket on that top line tonight for Detroit. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good thing to point out. And I think Caesars, I don't know if you've noticed this. I feel like Caesars puts the entire lineup uh, available and then they just void whoever's scratched, which I think is really cool. I think more books should really try to do that because it's not like these books are keeping up, right? They're not looking at left wing lock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just put everybody out there and, and, and you know, you know, refund everything that, that, that gets scratched, everyone that gets scratched. Uh, right at puck drop. I think that's a, a better way to go about it because it's you know great to grab some of these value plays. And, and I'm sure most people aren't looking at the bottom of, of the bin. You know they're going to price them to a certain extent. They'll probably cap them at some point. You know you won't get anything higher than plus fifteen hundred on a guy. But uh, you know that's just a, I think that's a good, good good rule for the books to have just so we can always be abreast of these changes and we can make these bets and have them available. Again. I, I I can't explain. And for Colorado there are some now for Pittsburgh the props are simple. Rust and Malkin. It starts there and it ends there. Those are the two guys right now. Those are the two guys that are doing the damage offensively. Rust and Malkin props for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. And then on the uh, um, 
Colorado side, look, you, you keep going with these two guys now that they're flanking McKinnon on the top line, you're going to eventually cash in. And Lekkonen and uh, Big Val Nachushkin is who I'm talking about. They're now both on the top line. Big Val is plus 270 to score a goal, plus 150 to get an assist. Arturi Lekkonen is plus 275 to get a goal and plus 135 to get an assist. You keep betting those. It's, it, it didn't come through the other night against the Islanders. I think actually one of them got an assist, but neither of them scored. Eventually that'll change. When you're playing with McKinnon, you're getting the minutes, you're getting the power play time, you're on the top line with the best player on the team, you're eventually going to produce. So Lekkonen and Nachushkin, uh, the two guys flanking Nate McKinnon on that top line for Colorado, I do think they're worth a look here as far as props tonight and moving forward because they're undervalued. Uh, what do you think? Uh, next up, I should say Columbus and uh, Montreal. Uh, we've got uh, Montreal here. How about this? Don't see Montreal favorite every day, but here they are. Minus 115 home favorites. Total in this one, six and a half shaded to the over. I, I just don't like betting Montreal when they're favored. You know, it's uh, I get it. You know, Columbus is a team they, they're capable of winning or beating, I should say. They're capable of winning this game. But I prefer taking shots with Montreal in these bigger uh, underdog price ranges and maybe uh, spots where the uh, bigger favorites maybe uh, not totally uh, enamored with the game, kind of looking past them a little bit. We'll see how this one goes. Now, Columbus is a team that's uh, only three and three. They've been up and down. So is Montreal. I mean, two 500 teams, you know, coming into this game. You got Columbus off a 3-2 uh, overtime loss. Um against Anaheim and also they had the 5-4 overtime win against Minnesota before that Montreal did do well against Columbus last year uh three meetings and they won two of the three uh including the one game in Montreal which was an eight to two beatdown uh for the Montreal Canadiens over the Columbus Blue Jackets here uh in Montreal so we'll see if they can carry that over here this is more a game I'll be looking at props rather than anything as far as a side and a total goes uh you look at uh, Columbus um off that 3-2 loss against uh, Anaheim. Montreal, by the way, at home, kind of been uh, giving up goals, kind of been a little bit loose defensively. Keep in mind when you look at the uh, Montreal Canadiens too, uh, they've had some already the injury bugs starting to strike them a little bit. Uh, when you talk about Kirby Doc's injury, which has sidelined him, David Savard's injury, which has sidelined him, put him on IR, and Caden Gooley is out. you got the cluster injuries already forming on the blue line. You know, For a team that's not all that great defensively to begin with, you know, this is not the 90s Devils uh, on the blue line when they're fully healthy. And now you got Savard out. You've got Caden Gooley, who I think is one of their promising young blue liners out. That's not what I want to see out of my minus 115 favorite for what's already a shaky defensive team. I probably won't take Columbus either. So I'm probably off this game to get all together side and lean over, but nothing strong. I'm looking more at props, if anything, in this game. Alex, anything here for you? Blue Jackets, Canadians. No, I got nothing. It's funny you mentioned you know, like you know, betting Montreal's a favorite. I don't like betting Montreal, period. Um I lean to the over, maybe in game. Uh six and a half, and I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing that kind of come down. It was a dollar twenty, but some books have seen some movement coming in on the under. This is this has one of those weird feels where it could just be a boat race back and forth. So I might watch this one and look for something live, but nothing nothing free game. There's other spots I like on the card tonight. All right, good stuff. And as far as uh, props go for uh, this game tonight, uh, keep an eye on it. I think we've got another uh, situation where we have Jack Roslovic on the top line. And when I see that, I'm interested. Uh, Jack Roslovic, the last time we saw him on the top line, I believe it was the game against Minnesota. He scored the game winner in overtime for them 
uh, that night on Saturday. So Jack Roslovic is a plus 390 to score a goal, plus 215 to get an assist uh, as well. So that to me is value 100% uh, if he's going to play on that top line for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, we keep an eye to um, Columbus is one of those teams too, that they've got a lot of dynamic power play options. Their power play is scored in back-to-back games. Montreal's another team where their penalty kill has been pretty bad. Hasn't been Washington level bad, but it's been pretty bad. And that's another reason why Washington won last night. They stayed out of the damn penalty box. I couldn't cash any of my damn New Jersey power play points props because they didn't take any penalties. And that's huge when you're playing New Jersey and you got a bad penalty kill. Same thing with Montreal. Can't go to the box. You don't want to give this Columbus team uh, too many power plays. But uh, I still say against teams like Montreal and Washington, look towards some power play points props. It's not a bad option. Uh, when you do that, uh, you're going to probably be able to capitalize a little bit. It looks like, yeah, Roslovic up to the top line stands out as excellent value. I think Fantilli uh, as well. He's going to be on the power play one unit. And how about Justin Danforth? Looks like he's going to be on the number one power play unit for the Blue Jackets tonight. And this is someone that started to heat up a little bit for them uh, in recent games. He's plus 500, uh, Justin Danforth, uh, to score a goal for Columbus. And he has three goals and one assist now. Uh, for them, including goals in two of the last three games. Montreal, with their props, it's Cole Caulfield, really. Cole Caulfield and Newhook a little bit, too. I, I find Newhook stepped up uh, at times a little bit for them. Those are the two I would look at more so than anybody else as far as Canadians' props in this game tonight. All right, Minnesota Wild, Philadelphia Flyers. we got Minnesota minus 120, road favorite, six the total in this one. Can't love the spot for Philadelphia coming off that long road trip. A very, very tough. Painful loss to Vegas. They had a 2-1 lead going into the third period. That was on our bet cast. And uh, we, John Massey's uh, Vegas in regulation at plus 350. I think we all hopped on that for a little bit. Yep. And uh, we got uh, the money with it as Vegas comes back and does win in regulation. 3-2, a great uh, Shea Theodore screen seeing eye shot in the final minute uh, to get the victory in that game. So tricky spot here for this Philadelphia team coming off the road trip. They gut, they gutted it out, really. They gave a tremendous effort for many games of that road trip. And Torts has this team, as we expected, and as we saw at the early part of last year, this team overachieving a little bit, playing hard, playing teams tough. You know, the, the, even the losses, they've been competitive. They beat uh, Columbus 4-2. They had a bad game in Ottawa. Really outside of that, they've had pretty good games. They beat Vancouver 2-0. They beat Edmonton 4-1. Uh, they beat. They lose in overtime to an excellent Dallas team. They give Vegas everything they can handle. Three-two, a team that was undefeated, but it just doesn't feel like a spot I love Philly in. Uh, I like their effort. I love their defensive uh, showing, and I like the way Carter Hart's played. Carter Hart's had a nice start to the year uh, for them, but I just don't love this scheduling situation coming back home from that lengthy road trip. Carter Hart is in net for Philadelphia. It's Philip Gustafson. Uh, in that tonight for the uh, Minnesota Wild. I lean Minnesota, but at the end of the day, minus 120 on the road, I didn't, I couldn't pull the track, I couldn't do it because I just hate the way this team is playing defensively right now. Hate it, hate it, hate it, Minnesota. They're not playing well defensively at all. And I know they finally beat Edmonton. Well, they scored seven goals. It's not so much they were great defensively, but they scored seven goals. That helped them out uh, in that game. But they have given up at least four goals to their opponent in three straight games and in four of their last five games. That's concerning about laying a price with them on the road. I think it's definitely a scheduling advantage, situational edge for Minnesota, and it's a tough spot for Philly, but 
don't love that. I find it hard personally for me and my betting philosophy to lay a price on the road with the worst defensive team, which right now is Minnesota here in this game. I do like the over a little bit, though. Uh, it's down to six. You know, Philadelphia doesn't usually play a ton of overs, but this could be one night where jet lagged, coming back home. They're a little weak, tired defensively. It leads to more mistakes, leads to more penalties. Minnesota's potent offense, which has been potent lately, can capitalize on it. And I think it might just open the game up, you know, especially if Minnesota is able to score first. So I like the over a little bit, lean Minnesota, but I ultimately didn't get there. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Yeah, I'm on Minnesota, and it's because of that scheduling spot. If this was, say, the Minnesota's, you know, third road game in a trip and, and Philly coming back home, I would just be completely off of it because you're absolutely right. To lay a price with a bad defensive team can be troubling at times. But in this particular case with the Wild off of a big win at home against Edmonton, and now going on the road against a Philly team that's coming back off of a, a road trip, I think that's a great spot. Uh, just like the momentum that the Wild have. I also think, you know, sometimes we talk about how good they are at home, right? Sometimes for them, I think getting away from home is a good thing, getting back on the road. And I feel like this could be one of those spots too. Flyers, like I said, when they do cool off, it'll be the offense that goes first. You know, we know Tortorella teams, the defense will always be prevalent and, and stand there. But I, I, I would think that the offense kind of drops off. So I was almost looking at Philip Gustafson over in saves, but I ultimately decided to pass on that. I'm just going to stick with the Wilds minus $1.20. And I do have a player prop that I'll be talking about later on that I like in this game. All right, there you go. A player prop sounds like a bargain bin special of the night segment might become or uh, recommendation might be coming here for Alex uh, from uh, this game. And this is a game that for me, as far as uh, player props go, um, not too many. Uh, Erickson X been really good, and I think he's undervalued. I mean, if you want to bet Kaprizov, knock yourself out. I think there's just many better value laden options for Minnesota uh, right now as far as props go. Erickson X is one. Uh, Marco Rossi is another, I mean, I actually took a stab there plus 700. That was really good. And I find his game continues to get better and better and better. Um, those are good options there. As far as Minnesota's concerned, Philly to me, it's, um, it's Atkinson, it's Konechny and it's Joel Farabee. You really want to focus on those three guys. Those are the three guys that have been scoring lately for the Flyers. Cam Atkinson, who's now healthy and it's great to see Joel Farabee and Travis Konechny. They have been the the, the carrying the mail, if you will, uh, for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers here uh, as far as uh, player props tonight. All right, Ottawa Senators, New York Islanders. We've got the Islanders minus 130, uh, home favorites, uh, six the total uh, here in this game. Um, Islanders, the book is out as far as I'm concerned. You play a team that's got some finish. You got a team that's got some skill. You got a team that's got some upper echelon talent. Uh, in terms of uh, putting the puck in the net, and suddenly this defense is beatable and looks and looks, you know, like you can actually do something against it. Look at New Jersey. Look at Colorado. Uh, some of these games for the Islanders, where look, they've finally been punctured defensively after that very strong start. They've fallen to two and three. Uh, Sorokin's looked human. Gave up five goals to Jersey, seven goals to Colorado the other night in the seven-four loss, and they also had the loss to Buffalo. Uh, in between three to one. So the Islanders suddenly, you know, dealing with some defensive struggles when they face teams that can score. The question you have to ask yourself is Ottawa, one of those teams that you, they're a good offensive team. You trust them to score. They're not New Jersey, Colorado caliber for the Islanders compared to those two teams, but they are still a dangerous enough offensive team, uh, the Ottawa senators. And I think that's going to be something that poses some challenges here 
for the New York Islanders. And what I like, too, about this spot for Ottawa tonight, they just got spanked at home two games in a row. Detroit, and don't be fooled by the final score. That game was pretty much all Buffalo until the Sabres fell asleep in the final five minutes, and then Ottawa made it much closer than the score than the game actually was. But they did not play too good home games in a row there against Detroit and Buffalo, losing both of those. And sometimes, and Jimmy Murphy said that, there's a few other people that have played uh, pro sports that we've had on this show, in fact, have said this. When you're on a long homestand, like Ottawa was, you know, we're talking five, six games in a row at home. You get, it gets stale. It gets stagnant. You know, you get comfortable. You don't, and, and yeah, you start the homestand strong, but then the later it goes on, you don't play as well. There's really something to that. I've seen this happen many times. Teams on a long extended streak of home games in a row starts well, but then by the time it gets to the final game or two, you're not playing as well. And it's almost like we almost need to get on the road, you know, and, and get yeah. away from the monotony that is kind of set in. Uh, and I could see that here for Ottawa tonight. So I like Ottawa here, plus 110 in this spot, and I'm going to split it with their team total as well in this game. I'm going to take a rare team total shot against the Islanders because, to me, the Islanders against capable offensive teams have shown some cracks in the armor here, especially against the Devils and the uh, Avalanche. So uh, I'm going to go split bet, Ottawa plus 110, and Ottawa team total over uh, three and a half, which is at plus 150 you can get with Ottawa team total over three and a half. Really, really good plus price with that. So, uh, again, I think the Islanders, when they've stepped up against higher scoring, more potent teams, they've had their issues. And I think Ottawa's in a good situation here. Get on the road, get things back together, and uh, have a chance here against this Islanders team. Nice little spot, I think, for the road team here, the Sens. What do you think here, Alex? Ottawa, New York Islanders. Up, oh, you're muted. There we go. All right. Yeah. First thing that stood out to me when I looked at this game yesterday was draw. And like I said, it was just kind of, you know, Islanders, you know, playing uncharacteristically poor defense and, and not getting goaltending. That's not like Sorokin. That's not like this team. You just, you know, imagine when they get back on their, you know, game defensively, what happens with their offense? Can't find it with a telescope, as you would normally say. If they just vanish. And Ottawa, being on the road, like I said, after, you know, playing a bunch of home games, maybe it's that, like I said, you know, get on the road, you know, business lunch pail kind of mentality. Sure, they're a high-scoring team, but maybe they just kind of, you know, work on playing a full, complete 60 minutes. I just feel like this can, can be a little bit slower paced, and that's something that the Islanders certainly would, would want to welcome. And I'm taking a shot over the draw here, plus 330. All right, the draw here. I could see it being a very close game. I, I, I This definitely feels like it could. And look, last year, I actually cashed a ticket with Ottawa in Long Island last year when they came here, and they won 3-2, but they won 3-2 in a shootout. So the draw would have cashed in that game last year when Ottawa made the trip here to Long Island to take on uh, the New York Islanders. Yeah, it was 3-2, Ottawa in a shootout, February 14th, Valentine's night uh, last year. So uh, there you go. Uh, and the draw would have cashed there. I agree with that. It's not a good, not a bad draw shot, in my opinion, here with the uh, uh, Senators and the Islanders. And then as far as props go, Jake Sanderson, I mean, I say it every game, but his props just, and he's, even the games he doesn't score, like he's still shooting the puck, you know, and he's still getting chances. He's commanding the power play. Uh, it's worth a look for him. Uh, no question about that as far as his props go. Uh, he's been absolutely terrific. Uh, and then uh, a couple others on the uh, Ottawa side that I would uh, consider here for prop looks tonight. Uh, Norris. Norris is another one. Norris has been remarkable 
uh, for the Ottawa Senators since coming back. He's got three goals and four points uh, in just three games since returning to this Ottawa Senators lineup. So just a huge, huge um, boost, obviously, for them uh, as far as uh, the lineup and really the offense uh, for that matter. Uh, on the Islanders' side, I wouldn't really uh, you know, go much beyond Brock Nelson. Uh, he's been good. Uh, Noah Dobson's been chipping in points and shooting the puck a lot. So maybe a little flyer on his goal and assist prop because this is a guy that's shooting the puck a lot more. Uh, no question about that. Uh, Cuban Wayne Gretzky has a little uh, note in the chat here that apparently uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot has feasted on Corpusalo, assuming Corpusalo gets the start tonight, but I assume he will uh, in this game. So maybe there's a little uh, – the one thing with Pajot is his offensive game last year cooled off significantly and this year he doesn't have a goal yet so that's the only concern he is is not in good form offensively but he does apparently have, has had some success there against uh, Corpus Allo. we'll see if that uh, continues uh, for tonight uh, in this game and Matthew Joseph I mentioned him several games ago still got value he scored the other night against Buffalo um, and, he, and he, he seems to be getting chances nightly for the Senators so maybe not a bad option there for props all right, one of the better games tonight, Toronto Maple Leafs, Dallas Stars. Uh, we've got Dallas minus 115, home favorites, six, six and a half the total, uh, depending on uh, where you, uh, which book you're looking at. There's a split line as far as the total uh, is concerned in this game. Uh, this is a very interesting one that uh, Dallas, we know, undefeated. My first thought here was there's no way I'm stepping in front of Dallas right now. Uh, this is a team that's right there with Colorado, Vegas, you name it. Three, three best teams in the West right now. Clear-cut three best teams in the West, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas right now, uh, no question. And I thought for sure, you know, it's Dallas or nothing for me in this game. But things have changed. Things have changed drastically in the goaltending position. There was I, I assumed Jake Ottinger would play tonight. He got a big-time team like Toronto coming in. But no, uh, maintenance day for Jake Ottinger. And Peter DeBoer is going to turn to Scott Wedgwood here tonight in goal for the Dallas Stars. Meanwhile, on the Toronto side, even after two terrific starts in a row for Joseph Wall, there was some hinting that, look, you, this was going to be Samsonov's game initially, this start against Dallas, um, and that they wanted to get him in there. They didn't want him sitting too long uh, after getting pulled Saturday night against Tampa Bay. But apparently Sheldon Keefe has had a change of heart because this was supposed to be the game initially that was they were going to get give Samsonov another start, put him back in just to keep him fresh. But no, uh, he's decided to go back to the red-hot commodity in goal, and that's Joseph Wall, uh, who's again going to get the start tonight. for that. So that's changed things for me. Hasn't changed it enough for me to bet Toronto uh, in this game. It hasn't, but it's taken me off Dallas, uh, this move here. And it's, it's not like Wedgwood can't play well. He can. But there's a lot more variance with his level of play. You know, some games he'll be good and then he'll, he'll give up a five spot on you. You know, that's what he's that's what he can do. And that's what bothers me here. And I just love the way Joe Wall's playing. I don't want to go against that kid right now. He's been absolutely spectacular here uh, in these last two games for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. So this is a pass for me sidewise and probably totals wise as well. I do have a couple props I'm interested in, but a light game for me here. Good game to watch, though. Definitely. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Toronto, Dallas. Yeah, I took a shot yesterday with Dallas. Actually, at one twenty, and um, I probably would not have done that if I saw Wedgwood confirmed yesterday. But I still feel confident enough because it's also I'm slightly fading Toronto. Like you said, Wall's been playing great, but 
he's still a young kid. We've seen him, you know, have his, you know, couple of good games, and then he has the night off. And this is just a better Dallas team, in my opinion. So I'm I'm betting on Dallas as a whole more than I am the goaltending here. Even though Wedgwood's numbers one one and two against uh, Toronto with a four point one three goals against, not good. So maybe uh maybe wait for plus money, like big plus money on six or, or over five and a half live as well. That's it. All right, yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, good thoughts there. Uh, as far as the uh, player props go in this game, there's only a couple. And uh, I'm going back to back back to Cali, Cali, Cali Yarn Croak on the top line again with Matthews and Marner. There's value uh, as long as he's there. Matthew Nyes as well um, because uh, his chemistry with Domi has come to life the last few games. Um, and that's really about it as far as Toronto props go uh, in this game. Klingberg, by the way, has been a point machine. So Klingberg assist, not so much goals, but Klingberg assist, Klingberg point, uh, definitely. And against his old team, too. How could I forget that? His original team, the uh, Dallas Stars. This might be the night to go with John Klingberg here against his old team. Goal, assist. He hasn't scored yet, but, man, he's been racking up the assists. But maybe he shoots the puck more tonight. Like, this is my old team. I want to I I score against these guys. You know how the uh, players can get. Uh, when they're facing their old team. And Klingberg, most of his career here was in Dallas. So it is kind of like a uh, return home, if you will, to his original uh, NHL team uh, as now as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, yeah, Klingberg props, I could see that here uh, as well. Like that angle uh, for sure. Shots on goal, maybe. Anything Klingberg, I think, might be worth a look here. Uh, Point prop, plus 120. Goal prop is plus 900. 900 for the goal prop at uh, FanDuel. Man, um, and that, that, by the way, was on my bargain bin special of the night contender list, that John Klingberg prop score a goal plus 900. But the assist prop for sure, plus 164, terrific price for a guy that's been popping in the assists and really wants to make an impact here, obviously, uh, against his uh, old team. So uh, good stuff there as far as props for Dallas. Wyatt Johnston's my favorite prop player still for them. Uh, he's undervalued. Even after second year, you'd think they'd make an adjustment. Really hasn't happened all that much. Continues to chip in the goals. So, yeah, and Pavelski. Uh, Rope Hintz hasn't gotten it going yet, but Joe Pavelski has three goals in the last four games, six points in the last four games. So this guy, we say it over and over again, Alex, about Joe Pavelski. He's like a fine wine. It gets better with age. Uh, plus 240 goal, uh, plus uh, a nice plus price for the assist, plus 140. I like both of those for uh, Joe Pavelski here for the uh, Toronto Maple Leaf, for the Dallas Stars as well. And you're right about Sagan. Sagan's a Toronto kid. You know, he probably want to make an impact tonight, so I don't mind a Sagan look for Dallas for props tonight as well. All right, next up on the card, we've got two games left. New York Rangers, uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Rangers minus uh, 130 uh, road favorites, six the total here in this game. I, I can't – I'm backing away from the Oilers for a bit now. I feel like if I jump ship and take the Rangers tonight, watch them win Edmonton. So that's what I'm fearful of here in this game. But uh, they didn't step up as well as I thought first game without Connor McDavid. And I don't love the spot. And we'll get to this with Calgary in a moment. Another slumping team. Edmonton and Calgary have the Heritage Classic, the outdoor game at Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton coming up on Sunday night. So is there, you know, I don't love betting teams that are coming into that spot the outdoor game, the game before the outdoor game. I don't love backing teams in that situation, especially struggling teams like the Edmonton Oilers and like the Calgary Flames, which we'll get to uh, here in a moment. So it's Rangers are nothing for me. They've righted the ship defensively. I think they played two terrific, tidy 
sturdy, stingy defensive games in a row against Seattle and Calgary uh, here on this road trip. Shesterkin uh, has looked really solid in net as well. You would expect uh, Shesterkin back in net tonight for the uh, Rangers, though not confirmed. I don't know what Edmonton's doing with their goaltending because uh, Jay Woodcroft's gone back and forth between Campbell and uh, Skinner, Stuart Skinner so far this year. So we'll see what he does. Uh, lean Rangers minus 130. Not sure I'll get involved. Prop-wise, I am getting involved uh, in this game. Lafreniere at over plus 400. Sign me up. He is finally starting to percolate for this Rangers team, starting to chip in offensively, starting to become more like that number one overall pick we thought. He's plus 400 uh, to score a goal tonight. So Lafreniere starting to heat up for the New York Rangers uh, moving forward. Uh, on the Edmonton side, without McDavid, you know, Evander Kane stepped up against the uh, – Minnesota Wild. He had a good offensive game, and he's playing on the top line. I mentioned him and Yanmark the other night. They're still worth a look playing with Dreisaitl. Warren Fogle is worth a look. He's been excellent lately. He's really been a difference maker for the Edmonton Oilers. Two-goal game for him against Minnesota. Three goals in the last four games for him. So Warren Fogle undervalued. I had a goal prop with him the other night against Minnesota. And then everything Evan Bouchard is still very much in play. Uh, and, and if anything, with McDavid out when they have the power play, Alex, he shoots the puck even more, uh, Evan Bouchard. So uh, goal prop plus 550. I had a piece of that the other night. I think I could come back to it tonight. Definitely the assist prop plus 105. Uh, the point prop minus 125. Power play point prop plus 130. I mean, any, anything and everything Evan Bouchard that you can find. Uh, he is an uh, integral part of this offense always, but maybe even more so now with Connor McDavid. Uh, out for the next uh, week or two. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Rangers taking on the Oilers. Yeah, this is another draw that I like. I grabbed it at plus 330 as well. Uh, six of the nine, last nine meetings between these two teams have been decided by one goal with three of those going into overtime. And I think that's something what Edmonton needs. Right? After getting crushed like that on the road against Minnesota, and that's a spot that's been terrible for them over the years, get back home. You know, play some more complete hockey. Like I said, the scoring is going to take a drop anyway because of, of no McDavid. That changes things a, a bit for them. Even though they did, they fared well and got four goals in that game against Minnesota. But I think, like I said, New York's going to kind of dictate the pace defensively. This could be a, a tight kind of scoring game, and I think we see this go past regulation. We'll see. Definitely, the Oilers have had issues defensively. Can they rectify that? Will they try to play a tighter game tonight? Rangers have been under machines here four straight ranger games have gone under that's why i don't feel strongly about the total that being said two meetings last year four three at madison square garden and the game here in edmonton i remember it it was a wild game it was back and forth it was actually a track meet last year five four uh for the uh, new york rangers in a shootout uh, here in edmonton last year so i think it's a conflicting total for me gut tells me rangers want to play an under pace an under game edmonton's going to want to at least try a little bit more to play an under game after that debacle against Minnesota. But then you look at the two meetings last year over, over. So tricky as far as the total goes and Alex liking the draw, the draw might be worth a look. I could see this being a very close game. Uh, Rangers trying to keep it going and Rangers rarely, you know, pull away from teams and Edmonton certainly is, I think going to be looking to show something after what they showed, which wasn't much the other night against the uh, Minnesota wild. All right. Next up here, final game of this, uh, Thursday yeah, I was say, give you the winner of that one, Edmonton. Yeah, Minnesota. exactly. Yeah, that was the <laughs> Last game here uh, is another Alberta team, another struggling Alberta team. The Calgary Flames taking on the uh, St. Louis Blues. We've got Calgary 
uh, minus 190 home favorites in this game. Uh, the total is at six uh, pretty much across the board in this one. Blues are nothing for me, and I'm not a Blues fan. You know that. I faded the Blues quite a bit this year. I've been betting against the Blues quite a bit this year. This might be a spot where I take a small little shot on them at plus 160. There are a couple dogs that kind of stood out, and the Blues are one of them here. I mean, this Calgary team's a mess right now, Uh, and it's unfortunate because I was really, really hoping that Ryan Huska would be a big part of the solution. He hasn't been the answer so far. Markstrom has still given up one horrendous goal in every game, and it happened again in the Rangers game. That goal can't go in, that third goal. It was a hideous goal right through his wickets, right through the old five hole, and then the piss-poor effort for Calgary to take out the goal scorer there from getting that puck and slamming it up, you know, past the goal line. I was lying right in front of the goal line after it had squeaked through Markstrom. That's not what you want to see. That's, that's losing battles. That's losing one-on-one puck battles. That's a work ethic thing. And, and I thought Calgary, you know, would rectify some of that uh, last year, uh, this year, I should say, after last year. And it didn't happen, uh, certainly on that goal. Uh, and St. Louis definitely has flaws. We know that. We don't think they're great defensively. Uh, you don't know always what you're going to get from their goaltending uh, from Bennington and from uh, Joel Hofer. And it looks actually like uh, Joel Hofer might be the guy tonight for the uh, St. Louis Blues uh, in net for them in this game. Uh, but again, they're not the greatest defensive team. Uh, but they, I do think they have some offense in them. And that might be enough here against Markstrom, who's, again, back to fighting the puck a little bit. What I also don't like is, you know, they still have Rasmus Anderson serving as suspension. It's a big loss on the blue line. And Adam Rzichka has been one of my favorites in the season. We've had multiple prop bets with him, uh, player prop, goal props, and he's out for the uh, uh, Calgary Flames tonight, day-to-day due to injury. So as a result, there's some shuffling going on for the uh, Calgary Flames. And here's a bargain bin prop. Even though I lean St. Louis, I'll have a small blues bet. I also like over in this game. Over six, Calgary hasn't been scoring, but I think when you look at Calgary's schedule going into this matchup here against the St. Louis Blues, this is an opportunity, I think, for them to get their offense going a little bit. One of the weaker defensive teams on their schedule. Last year when these uh, teams played, uh, you know, we saw – Three of the last four meetings, two of the last three in, uh, have gone over. Three of the last four have gone over. Two of the last three in Calgary uh, have gone over the total. So I do like over six here uh, in this game. And as far as the props go, for Calgary, the guy to keep an eye on here and the guy that's going to fill in for Ruzichka on the top line is former New Jersey Devil, uh, Igor Sharangovich. So he's going to get that big opportunity uh, on the top line tonight for the uh, Calgary Flames uh, playing alongside Elias Lindholm and Jonathan Huberto. And he got his first goal a couple of games ago uh, against the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Um, So there's definitely going to be really strong value for him as far as his goal prop. I agree with you about Saad in the chat. Someone mentioning Saad. He's had good track record against Calgary. Jake Neighbors worth a look for St. Louis. Robert Thomas, I think, is undervalued. And he had a good game last time out. And he started to get things going for the Blues uh, as well. But definitely the one that stands out for Calgary. Maybe you sprinkle two on Coronado. Uh, you know, you would think he's going to eventually get going. Although I don't, I, I'd actually maybe pump the brakes on that because I see that Huska's dropped into the fourth line uh, for this game tonight, Matt Coronado. So maybe he's not been satisfied with all elements of his game. But yeah, the clear value goal prop tonight for Calgary is Igor Sharangovich because he's going to be on the top line and he's upwards of plus 350 uh, to score a goal tonight for the uh, Calgary Flames. So that's the value that I love. All right, uh, Alex, what do you think here? St. Louis, Calgary. Yeah, I like this first period and full game overs, and I'm actually not waiting for them. I already grabbed 
uh, six dip minus a dollar ten, and I laid the dollar thirty five with that one and a half. Uh, we have to be quick with, with a Jacob Markstrom start. Could be in the first ten seconds potentially. So we're uh, preventing any of that. We just want to get get the number and the price. Those are good. So we just lock it in now. But uh, I think St. Louis, like you said, plus one sixty. I wouldn't if this wasn't already a big card for me. I probably wouldn't be taking a shot with St. Louis. So it's a heavier lean uh, toward that side. I can see where they come out and. You know, place a little bit inspired and like the Calgary, just if they have one of those traditional Calgary home, all of a sudden it's, you know, two nothing early in the, in the contest. And now they got to play from behind and they have the makeup to, you know, play catch up hockey now where they didn't last year. If it was a two, three goal deficit, it was pretty much over with. Nowadays, they can kind of keep up back and forth. So that's why I like that over at six. Good stuff indeed. Uh, and uh, yeah, I like it. I'm like an over six. I like the total more than the side. I will have personally a little bit more cash on the over, a little less on St. Louis plus 160, but uh, definitely uh, over. I think we'll see goals there in uh, the Saddle Dome tonight between the Blues and the Flames. All right, great stuff. We appreciate it. Actually, we did pretty good today. Less than 90 minutes to get through this yep. card. That doesn't always happen. So great stuff. Uh, hit the like button. 275 live viewers uh, right you. now. Hit the like button. Make sure if you're not a Ice Guys Family Plan uh, member, uh, you get on board with that for just $9.99 a month. Our daily betting card, our player props, full player props list, and mine's like fucking a sheet long, as we know, as uh, John Massey was joking about in the BetCast the other night. You need a novel to get through all my player props. Uh, it's like reading a novel, but they're all there uh, each and every day on the community tab. Uh, of the Ice Guys YouTube channel for members only, for our Ice Guys family plan members and subscribers. So uh, check that out for just $9.99 US per month. And don't forget about the Patreon page either, patreon.com slash iceguys. All the full written text and articles will be there, power ratings for me, goalie charts for Alex. Uh, that's patreon.com slash iceguys. So again, the family plan's been fun. We're going to have our first family plan members only exclusive BetCast next month in November. Uh, so make yeah. sure... Uh, you uh, check that out. It's just going to be for family plan members only for watching it. Family plan members only for being invited to join us on the BetCast. So make sure you join us. Date to be determined, but we will have a bonus Ice Guys family plan members only BetCast in November to go along with the regular monthly BetCast that we will also have uh, next month. Yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff, so definitely check out the family plan. Definitely check out the Patreon as well. We've been talking to uh, the chat all day about goaltending, so all my goalie charts are there and all my breakdowns, and I update those once or twice a week. Also, check out the Ice Guys store. We got our, our flagship store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. We've got all kind of caps and hoodies and shirts. Uh, we also have our secondary store, which, like I said, that's tagged. I think that's in our, our description below on, on the YouTube as well. So that's where you can get the Toque, the Skinner T-shirts, uh, all the different special items that we couldn't put on our main flagship store. So check both of those out. All right, it is time for the segment. You know it, you love it. Bargain bin special of the night for this Thursday night. Alex, we'll start with you because I think uh, it sounded like you had a bargain bin uh, picked out for tonight. Bargain bin special. What do you got? Yeah, and, and you touched on it too perfectly, so that makes me feel even better about it. Marco Rossi for the Minnesota Wild as they head out to the city of brotherly love, take on Philly. Uh, like I said, he's been playing well, and he's you know on the power play unit, uh, you know, getting top line minutes, getting just more minutes overall when they've been shifting him uh, around the lines. But I think he's due to score. I just have that good feeling, and I liked just the way that he was playing. 
especially in that last game. I watched quite a bit of that Wild and uh, Oilers game where we were on the backcast. That, I think that's the game I had on pretty much the longest kind of contest, consecutive time. It was a, a great game. And I think that momentum for him to start scoring, that's going to be huge because you're not going to get Caprizo off to score every night. You're not going to have a Hartman hat trick every night. You you need those secondary scores. That's when, when Minnesota is at their best. Guys like Arisonek and Rossi and those bottom liner guys, Marcus Foligno scored in the last game. Those guys have to get rolling. And uh, I think Marco Rossi at plus 700 at FanDuel, that's a great spot here. So I'm going to go with him as my bargaining special tonight. I, I hate days like this because there are just so many different um, different options to go with. I mean, geez, I'll, I'll name off a bunch that I had in the mix for bargain bin special the night for tonight before I actually uh, make my official selection. But Alex Barre Boulay, Frank Vetrano, John Klingberg, um, there's just so many different uh, options that I had in mind tonight. Um, Jack Roslovic, uh, either Lekkinen or Nachushkin for Colorado. Uh, Joe Valeno again for Detroit. I mean, it's just there's so many great options here, in my opinion, for this uh, bargain bin segment. Um, but, you know, if you really want to take a shot in the dark, Jake Sanderson again, who we know we've cashed in with a couple of Ty, Ty Cartier from the other night is probably live again to score for Seattle. So many options, but I want to go to a game where I think the, the, the player on the team that I'm you, the player on the team that I'm using for the bargain bin special. And I think he's going to get an opportunity. I think he's going to uh, get the minutes. I think he's going to be someone that is going to get opportunity to score. I think it's a game where there's going to be some goals scored and Vetrano was close to being, my bargain bin special of the night, but, and I like Vetrano still, but Boston has been stingy, very stingy defensively. And it's not a given that, you know, Anaheim's going to score a ton or Vetrano will uh, chip in in the scoring. So I stayed off that. I'm going to go right back to the game we just talked about, St. Louis and Calgary. I'm going to go with Sharon Govich uh, in that game. I think it's a great situation. Uh, someone new on the right side of that top line with Lindholm and Huberto. I think they need something like that, a little shake-up. This is a guy with great finish, great skill. He had it in New Jersey. They just had a bunch of those players already, the New Jersey Devils, that Sharon Govich kind of fell by the wayside, and he was a tradable commodity for the uh, New Jersey Devils, and that's what got them Tyler Toffoli. And look, that's working out okay for New Jersey, the way Tyler Toffoli uh, has started the season for them. But this is an opportunity here for Igor Sharon Govich to Put some life into that top line with Elias Lindholm and Jonathan Huberto. We know the Blues can be giving, you know, at the defensive end of the ice uh, sometimes, and I would expect that to be the case here. Joel Hofer, by the way, in net for St. Louis tonight, not Jordan Bennington. So it's a really good look, especially given the price you're getting. Igor Sharangovich at plus 350 uh, to score a goal tonight as he plays on the uh, top line with uh, Huberto and Lindholm. Igor Sharangovich, Calgary Flames, plus 350, my bargain bin special of the night. There you go. All right. It is time for best bets. Alex, what do you like here for a best bet? Well, hopefully Sharangovich can maybe even get the first goal of that game. That would help me out because I like Calgary, St. Louis, first period over. Landed the dollar 35 with that one and a half. Uh, like I said, Hofer against Markstrom. We know Markstrom, first couple of shots can be tricky for him. Uh, so if they go down one and that helps us out already. We're in a, in a good spot. So don't even worry about trying to get a better price and number. Dollar thirty-five. Go on and lay that right now, and hopefully we can get a couple of goals as early as possible to cash this with Blues Flames first period over is my best bet tonight. All right, Blues Flames over uh, one and a half in the first period. Best bet for uh, Alex B. Smith. Uh, my best bet. 
Uh, I'm going to go with the Ottawa Senators here tonight, plus 110. I like this situation. Two games, they get blasted at home, don't play their well. well. The monotony, I think, of that long homestand crept in for Ottawa. Now they get on the road, focus spot, uh, an Islanders team that has struggled to keep better scoring teams off the scoreboard lately. I think it's a good situation for Ottawa to get back in the win column. Ottawa plus 110 against the New York Islanders for my best bet. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. It's a Beantown Friday uh, tomorrow. Boston Hemp Inc., our new sponsor, and it'll be Jimmy Murphy joining us on the Friday edition of the show tomorrow. Reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we will talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of the Ice Guys.